When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoff, Logan Paulson with you. And Logan, good one today. You're going to get real nerdy X's and O's type of stuff. And then ask one of our last remaining mailbag questions, kind of leftover from last week, about some of the rookie offensive linemen and decisions about roster building in regards to them and kind of what, what, how they spent their springs and how we anticipate them spending their fall. So we'll get to all of that. But you, sir, you've been doing a research project. You've been doing yeah. homework. Uh, and that homework is to look at the differences in the Air Coriel offense, which, of course, a version of was run here the last three years under Scott Turner, and the West Coast offense, which is going to be run by Eric Bieniemy, coming off that Andy Reid, you know, Mike Holmgren, et cetera, yeah. coaching tree. So uh, I'll let you take it from here. I certainly know a little bit about the histories here, but um, why did you want to do this besides the obvious? And, and what are some of the, the high-level things that you found before we get into the nitty-gritty? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the thing that was interesting was like, you know, everyone always throws these terms around. Oh, it's the Air Coriel, it's the West Coast offense, but there's no like, you know, no one really gives any context for what that means exactly. Obviously, they, they were kind of founded and developed by different people. Obviously, Don Coriel with the Air Coriel offense. And then um, the guy, uh, the, the coach of the 49ers, his yeah, name Bill Walsh. Me. Bill Walsh, thank you, um, kind of while he was in Cincinnati and then uh, the Browns and then moved to San Francisco where it became like the thing that it is now, which is like everybody's running it. And I just really think like that whole process, and we'll talk about the history of it a little bit, is like, you know, Mel Blunt, they made that Mel Blunt rule uh, in 1978, basically saying that you can't tackle receivers to the ground anymore in coverage. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically, like what that means is it kind of opened up some of the passing games, right? And it made it really challenging to press receivers in the way that they had been traditionally pressing them. And so kind of at the same time, which I was really surprised about, the Air Coriel and the West Coast offense kind of develop. So in that, like that 1978 type of range. And so basically, like, I think there really are, they're, they're like, they are byproducts of the system with which, and with which they were created. And what I mean by that is like, you know, Eric Coriel and, um, you know, Don Coriel kind of said, we have Fouts. He's got a big, strong arm. We've got some of the best receivers in football. Let's push this sucker down the field, right? Let's be really aggressive. And the best way I can kind of, can kind of articulate it is it's like they're, they're gambling, right? They're basically saying like, this is a lower percentage throw you know, like on a, on a vertical route or a deep post or a deep corner, um, you know, kind of in that 15 to 20 yard range of target, 
but the yield is much, much higher. And obviously they were able to kind of maximize that. And obviously Kellen Winslow Jr. with like this move tight end and then, you know, kind of really the first F for Joker tight end in the NFL kind of characterizes that role. And you see that now, like probably with Greg Olson in Carolina, having that great move piece there that can make all those plays for you. Um, but also they have great offensive lines because you got to protect those concepts that move down the field. And then, you know, um, Bill Walsh and the, the the West Coast offense is kind of he uh, his quarterback when he was in um, was he when he was with the Browns, I think, was a guy who didn't have a big arm. So it was kind of like, let's spread it out and create a lot of width in the field and work on our timing and work on precision. And that's where you see some of these West Coast offense come in. And so like that's like super high level, like some differences you see and like historically, obviously, like the tree for the West Coast offense as defined by Bill Walsh is insanely long. And then with the Air Coriel, it's a little bit shorter, kind of a, a tighter group of guys that run that. And um, at this point in the NFL, there's a lot of cross-pollination, a lot of carryover between the two. <clears throat> but what I would say is that, like, basically, the the West Coast offense is the Bill Walsh offense is trying to stretch you horizontally, trying to stretch that 53 yards and then throw with good timing into some of those spots as opposed to trying to get the ball down the field and stretch the defense vertically. So um, those are kind of the big differences. And also the other thing that really came out in like my research, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, is the Air Coriel was kind of the first like number scheme offense, you know, the uh, 989 type of stuff where you got uh, the X has a, uh, a go, the Y has a post, and the Z has a go. And, um, and to me, the thing that came out of like reading and kind of looking at the different plays that were – original West uh, original air Coriel is it really did limit their ability to call and diversify formations. And that was one of the things we kind of talked about last year with Scott is like that language or that lack of language and the lack of tags really made it challenging for them to kind of get out of that nine man route tree or nine combination route tree, you know, like one's a flat two's a slant and then all the way three's a drag and kind of go through. Right. And so um, I think that's one of the reasons you see people, from the West Coast offense, especially in the NFL, kind of have more success because it's like, oh, hey, they <clears throat> they changed how they're running cover two. Now we don't have to change our whole offensive philosophy. We just tag somebody different in the play call. And so that, I think, was really interesting as kind of a, a defining feature of why one is a little bit more successful, I would say, than the other. Obviously, there's a lot of cross-pollination, but you know, high level, that's kind of what I was thinking, thinking about there. Yeah, so a couple of things. Um... Virgil Carter was the name of the quarterback uh, in you. Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, I yep. looked that up while you were talking. Uh, that is not a Thank fun you. fact that I know uh, or a new, but I guess it's one that I know now. Virgil yep. Carter, uh, known for his mobility and accuracy, not necessarily his big, strong arm. So he, right. you know, Bill Walsh designed this offense. He leads the league in completion percentage. The way I've always thought of it is vertically versus horizontally oriented. Yeah. Ultimately, you're trying to create space. And, yeah. you know, the Air Coriel system tries to create that space vertically. And like you said, there's there's a little bit lower uh, success rates, but higher mm -hmm. payoff. So you wind up with kind of that average in the middle. And then, you know, they, the numbers of the equation change the other way for the horizontal uh, horizontally spaced West Coast offense where higher success rate, but lower yield. And thus, hopefully, if well executed, you kind of average out the same. But like you said, I, I think it's interesting too some of the ways in which especially even recently guys like Cooper Cup and um, what's the dude in um, uh, Hunter Renfro in, in yeah. uh, Oakland and now in Vegas, 
the way those guys have kind of created routes, um, yeah. that's a lot harder to do in a numbers based system. Cause you can't just say like, all right, that's a 13 route. I guess you could, but, um, it it's a lot easier sense, to be like, yeah. Hey, this is a return route. Like what's a return yeah. route in the air Coriel system. It doesn't exist. I think they got it. So like now, like when you get into more modern playbooks, so Scott's offense, Norv's offense in Carolina, it's the nine, eight, nine. And they got to tag the F that kind of third receiving option, he gets a tag. And so they did kind of adopt some of the tags, but even that becomes challenging because then you have to tag two people and you are kind of in this weird hybrid where you still get the the 989, you know, F return, H check or whatever. And it's, and it just, the, the flexibility of the rest of the concept, I don't think matches the tag all the time. So it's kind of in like these two spaces. And so, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, so like I think that let's let's let me pin down on that for a second. So like you have a structure with a nine eight nine. That's that's easy to talk about. It's three verticals, right? And right. traditionally in the air Coriel, like the backs would stay in and protect. The fullback would protect. The halfback would protect. And you would just rely on one of your big receivers to win. Like the maybe the most iconic air Coriel offense of all time is um, is Dallas back in the nineties, right? With Irvin and you know Emmett right. Smith and that that group that was really dynamic. Think about big receiver who can win contested catches. And that was one of the criticisms here when they brought that um, Air Coriel derivative offense here was because <clears throat> they didn't have that big body consistently winning that contested catch. Like Terry's good at it, but he, it wasn't like his – he's not like 6'5", just jumping over right. people the way that – So He somehow wins you, balls like that, but he's not, he does. he's not the prototype. Right, absolutely. And so – so then, so you got nine eight nine, right? And then I want to say I want the back to run an angle. That the concept now, and this is one of the things that you get in the West Coast offense. It's now a different concept. the The defense is going to react differently to that angle route. The seam is going to move different. The linebacker is going to push different. So instead of me having to say nine eight nine, but you have to hear the tag for the F as the tight end or the 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 Z receiver or whatever it is. Now I can just be like, hey, you know, like for example, three verticals in Kyle's offense is all go right. Right. And you would say, I'll go special if you want them to cross release. You get, I'll go special F angle. And then then you're just like, and it's an easier because you're like, okay, all right, he's giving me words to kind of cue in on this as opposed to me having to adjust this 989 concept, which is our base concept, just knowing the different route tags for other players. So it just allows you a little bit more flexibility, I think. And like when you look at the trees, like you look at the, the trees that stem from Mike Holgram, like, like damn near everybody in the NFL runs is runs a version of that offense. Right. Outside Holgren, of I believe guys. was uh, an assistant under Walsh. I can double check that. Correct. Right. Yep. Him and yeah. Mike and all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the other thing too is like, okay, so how do the concepts build off each other? So let, like you say the nine, eight, nine type of thing. Um, and, and then you kind of compare it to all go, right? So all go is not necessarily anyone who played Madden even knows this, right? It's not just four verticals, right? Against certain coverages, one of those becomes a post. Um, yeah. There's also, I know, like when Jay was here, there was all go thunder where the two outside receivers against certain coverages run stop routes. You have all go yeah. special where you have the switch release, but they all build off similar concepts as opposed sure. to like, if you're trying to, you'll have to help me out with the numbers here, but like all go thunder with that stop route, stop yeah. routes on the outside. How does that translate to a number system versus simply all go thunder? Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast 
podcast. Going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's so you the got crazy thing is, yeah, it's like, I want to say it's four, but then they don't really right. have a, they don't really have like a deep comeback. They have a hitch, right? And so that's where it gets right. a little bit like weird is like, do we, because a seven's a corner, an eight's a post, a nine's a go, a six is a dig, or five's a dig, so it's a six. A deep comebacks is a, is a six. So it'd be six, eight, six, right? But what do I, do I have to tag the F on a go every single time, right? And that's where it gets a little bit cumbersome and clunky. And it's also formationally a little bit weird, right? It makes it challenging to kind of say, I'm taking, you know, the middle number is the Y usually, right? And I'm going to move the Y to a bunch, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, how does that play out? Are you coaching it to go in order where it's like it, it mirrors the bunch or does the Y have to remember that I've got the eight no matter what? And so I think, again, you know, we've talked about this before. It's one of those things where it's like people super familiar get really comfortable but the more you read about the offense, like one of the criticisms is that it doesn't have the flexibility week in and week out to just say, hey, like, let's tag this with this and let's let's add this. Let's change this split. Let's do this. And so I think that's one of the reasons why you see the prevalence of the West Coast offense now. And, and they, they've, they've cannibalized pretty much every air Coriel offense and made it fit, you know, concept and made it fit in the West Coast offense. Right. But it just gives you flexibility because I could be like, hey, you know, um, let's go solar right nasty. And then I get the, the Z receiver in a tight split. And now I can say, hey, Z curl, um, and then I can say a bow concept on the backside, right? And that's just e it's just easier for me to make sure I'm getting everything out. It does, it does require the players to know more, like, like remember more. <clears throat> but I think in today's NFL, with defenses always evolving, you want the ability just to be like, hey, we've got something for that solution that they've they presented. So Right. And the routes become very flexible too. And I think that's the other big difference, right? Is you know, the nine, eight, nine again, or the, the six, eight, six, like they exist in both offenses. Right. But the coaching yeah. points might be different because you're trying to create either vertical or horizontal space based yeah. off of which offense we're talking about. And that's where I think the magic of coaching really is in the NFL. And we've talked about this with the enemy a lot is the attention to detail, the coaching points. Sean was always great at this. We want to hit this spot because we're trying to move yeah. this guy, which creates this window. And those kinds of things I feel like are more flexible and against current defenses have better success um, in the West Coast system. That said, I think guys yeah. like Kyle and Sean and Kevin and, you know, all these these smart younger coaches who have been around multiple systems, especially probably take some and, and even, you know, their predecessors uh, before them that it got exposed, they probably took some coaching points from Eric Coriel. So when you talk about, Absolutely. you know, the the kind of amalgamation, the the blending of these two systems, you can teach Air Coriel teaching points on a certain route. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, Bill Walsh taught it this way. We're going to teach it the Don Coriel way, but we're running a West Coast offense with West Coast yeah. verbiage. And we actually get the kind of the best of both worlds. And I think that's where the best NFL offenses are at this point is they understand yeah. the principles of what they're trying to achieve. They've done the work to figure out what's the best way to achieve them. And they have the language to actually get the players to you know, line up that way and execute that way on the field on Sundays. And that's how you get the best of the best. Yeah, and I also, I think that's a really succinct description of what's going on. I think the other thing that sticks out to me though, it's like, 
in the West Coast offense, like how easy is it to add RPO? How easy is it to add zone read? Because it's just tags, right? I'm just mm-hmm. tagging more stuff. And I think that's where that's where it becomes a little bit more flexible in terms of language and verbiage to get some of that stuff done, as opposed to kind of having to live with one foot in, in one language and one foot in the other. It's like, Hey, we're all, everything's tags in West coast. And, you know, Curtis Samuels has talked about, we talked about this on the show about how wordy the play calls is. And that's true of West coast. You know, everyone remembers that Jay Gruden, you know, spider two Y banana and the crazy formation that comes before it, but it allows you to position people where you want to position them. And so now it makes it more stressful for the defense. Cause like, Everybody went run spider two wide banana. Like it used to just be done out of like a normal pro set tied into the, to the right fullback strong half back in the dot. And then, you know, your Z receivers to the right and your X receivers to the left. But now with like the complexity of the formations and the motions, we can get to something completely different, you know, using that same personnel that is confounding to the defense that says, Oh, well, we don't know exactly how they're lining up. So I don't know. I just think um, that that was a really interesting kind of arc. And then when I, you know, went back and I was like, well, let's see if this applies. You know, you go watch Kyle Shanahan, you go watch Mike LaFleur or, you know, Matt LaFleur, excuse me, in Green Bay, you go watch uh, Mike McDaniel in, uh, in Miami, and they still abide by some of those same principles in terms of creating width and stressing those underneath coverage players to get wide in coverage. And it was really eye opening to me because it's so subtle, like some of the stuff that um, Scott was doing, you know, like, everyone runs dagger, you know, a a go by number two and a dig by number one. Everybody runs that. But with Kyle and with those offenses that stem from that tree, there was a huge emphasis to get something to the flat, to pull that player out, just to stretch that underneath zone a little bit more. And, you know, here, you know, I don't know if it's coaching or detailing, but like they would run a version of, um, of scissors, you know, post by the outside guy corner. And you need some type of flat def- defender to pull that that flat player out of the way to open up the corner. And they would be doing it from across the ball. And Kyle and these other offensive structures, they do a really good job of saying, like, that's going to take too long to affect the player we want. How do we best maximize his positioning in this in this situation to affect these coverage players the way we want? So that was really interesting to watch. You know, they you know we, we talk about running routes. They, they would use play action. They would use jet sweep motions. To get again, create this horizontal space in the underneath coverage of the defense, and then the throwing windows are just great for the quarterback, as opposed to like these low percentage throws where I gotta throw over somebody to a big out and really ask the receiver to make a tough catch in a tight window. It's like the windows are huge, and it's not all the time, but I'd say it was definitely more consistent, and that abides by that West Coast philosophy: horizontal stretch underneath, yeah. creating throwing windows for the quarterback. Definitely. Um, last thing, real quick on this. How does the run game fit into this? Like, how differently is it called West Coast versus Eric Coryell, and how does that ultimately affect the offense as a whole? You, you know what? It went through a couple evolutions. You know, like I went from like you know that pro set fullback, running back, big back, physical running style, and um, you know, like they to me they're called in a similar way. Like I don't know if there's a lot differentiating them, but in the Eric Coryell, it's this heavy gap counter power downhill running approach. And obviously that's much, much different than the outside zone stuff that Kyle runs. And now Kyle has adopted more, same with Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid has adopted more gap scheme to kind of sprinkle in to offset the outside zone. But one of the things the off, the outside zone does is the extended action in the backfield creates horizontal stretch in the linebackers and the safeties. And so you can use, like there was a couple of times where, you know, it's a two-man route concept. And I'm like, how are they creating 
so much space. And you go back and watch it and what the linebackers have to see, they're using the run action to pull guys out of zones, which is great. And when you're running gap scheme runs, it's so downhill that they don't really move as much, you know? And so they can just drop into their spots underneath stuff in a way that you can't do with outside zone. So I do think that was a, that was a surprising discovery. The more film I watched, honestly, of like, I don't know what I was expecting, but just the impact that the run scheme has on the pass game in some of these and how it impacts the action. Like even like, for example, in Kansas city, the way they run some of their RPOs, it's this super long delayed handoff where the back's running very lateral and you see the linebackers have to respect it and they move over and they create pockets, you know, where the quarterback can make an easier throw. And I just thought, well, that's detailing that handoff intersection. That's detailing the back. That's detailing the receiver split in width, right? They do it sometimes with pre-stat motion. There was a play where Kyle's an empty personnel in 21 and they just have the backs like basically on the sideline run, just turn around and look at the quarterback. But because of their width, the underneath players have to run to those spots and they create beautiful throwing lanes for the comeback. So it just it was a really cool thought experiment for me to see kind of some of these principles applied and how um, the details of the horizontal stretch really maximize throwing windows. Yeah, for sure. And the verbiage is, is relatively the same, though, like run game for is runs. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, that's where you kind of run into like. I would say yes. Uh, you would you could go from scheme to scheme, and sometimes it's a little different. Like some guy gets a crazy, you know, wild hair up their butt, and it's like, oh, we're going to use colors for runs or something. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, and you're yeah. just like, how did you come to this conclusion? Uh, but a lot of times, evens to the right, odds to the left, gap schemes tend to be tighter um, numbers, like smaller numbers, you know, as opposed to outside zone, which is those eight and nine. So um, obviously, a little different. But I'd say more similar than different, just in terms of approach and philosophy. Um, you know, like you tend to emphasize different runs in, in the Air Coriel. Sure. And, I, and this was something else I wanted to bring up. So, like that 90s team, that 90s uh, Cowboys team where right. Norv Turner was the offensive coordinator, that team is kind of held up as the, the archetype of the modern Coriel offense. And I look at how good that team was. And they had the best offensive line in football. They had the best back in football. They had the best quarterback in football. And they had the best receiver in football. And I, and that, to me, is seems, very, seems very, very hard to replicate as a result, I think. You know, and, like, that's one of the reasons why Kyle and his tree is able to kind of go everywhere because they say, we, we understand that we're not always going to have the best quarterback. We're not always going to have the best offensive line. How do we maximize this in the context of this offense? So... Like that was another thing that stuck out to me. The language difference, the tools required to make the Air Coriel good was yeah. the other thing that stuck out to me. And then um, just seeing it, just seeing it in action and the principles was was interesting. But again, I just want to iterate this point as the last kind of thought here is they cross-pollinate. Like Kyle runs Air Coriel stuff. He just gets to it differently than than Scott did, for example, you know, just as a comparison. So it's uh, it's everyone's running a little bit of everything just – the principle that horizontal stretch was so interesting to see. Yeah. And for our purposes, um, the language allows for more flexibility in the West coast commanders are moving to West coast. Hopefully that allows right. for some of the stuff that we were hoping to see over the last couple of years. And you see that in training camp, you see a diversity yeah. in formation. You see a diversity in concept. You see a diversity in the ability personnel. to get guys out in personnel. So it's all there for you. And I think that that is, um, something that again, gets me really excited. So, yeah, going to be fun. Going to be fun. Training camp. Uh, just let's see. Let's carry the one. It's like five weeks away. 
it's crazy. Uh, July 27th, camp opens in Ashburn. 